Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right, welcome back to Soccer Matters here on ESPN 97.5. Tonight, we're going to wrap it up in big, big style. This is a Houston spotlight here. This was born uh, on the fields of Houston, Texas in Bear Creek Park. Uh, it is presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLaw.com. John is firm personal injury attorneys. Uh, you give him a call, 713-322-HURT. Um, look, you get in a car, boat, motorcycle accident. You need representation. It's not a comfortable time but it's a comfortable time when you choose the best in personal injury attorneys. It is the Daspit Law Firm. Again, daspitlaw.com, 713-322-HURT. So it's come full circle for our next guest. He is the head coach of the University of Houston women's soccer team. He is Jaime Frias. He grew up in Houston, Texas, and Jaime joins us now. Jaime, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Glenn. Really appreciate you having me on the show. Well, I mean, it's kind of full circle. You know, I look at your career, and before we get into it, um, you've done everything from coach women's youth national teams with U.S. soccer, assistant coach at the University of Virginia. Uh, you've been a head coach at Stephen F. Austin, University of Nevada, and all paths led back to Houston, where your game and sort of it all began. It did. I think, you know, you always you always uh, leave the, the coaching world um, opens up a lot of opportunities for you. You have to really follow where um, the jobs are. And this was a really special opportunity for me to come back home to the place, like you said, where I grew up, coach um, in the community that really built you uh, as a soccer player, as a young coach, and to give back, to give back to soccer in a place that really gave a lot to you uh, means the world to me. Jaime Frias joining us, uh, head coach of the University of Houston women's soccer program. Played his youth soccer with Bear Creek United and the Hurricanes out at the legendary Bear Creek Park. That has spawned all kinds of uh, former professionals, college coaches, and just really, really good soccer players. All right, so you got a year under your belt. I know it was a year of kind of reorganization, implementing your soccer culture. Tell us about year one, 2022, with the Cougars. It was it was a good year for me. It was just a a year for me to learn the players, learn the the city, the program, the university, and and what we have here. And what I found out is what a great place to work um, at, a, at a at a university like the University of Houston has changed an awful lot, Glenn, from when I first um, graduated high school back in '95. When I came back to this place, I was blown away by all the resources that the university has invested. Not only on the athletic side, but on the academic side as well. The the look of the campus is just so much different than what I remember. And so uh, it, it truly is a special place. So when I came here on my interview, I saw it firsthand uh, what they're doing with this with this institution. The first year was good in that uh, we got to learn each other. The players got to learn a little bit more about me. And I got to learn a little bit more about the players, our needs, and, and where we want to head um, in the future. Uh, we're also going into a new conference, which is the Big 12 Conference, which we're really excited about. And so it's just trying to get uh, our players um, that are here prepared for a new challenge that's ahead. 
Heading into Big 12 with that name, that moniker, Big 12, does that help you in recruiting? Oh, certainly. I think we're we're getting a lot of looks from players that haven't really looked at the University of, of Houston in the past. Uh, they're players that have a desire to not only play collegiately, uh, not only to play at a high level collegiately, but also have an aspiration to play after college. And so that fit, fits in perfectly with our player development model and what we want to do here, not only to win championships, but also to develop players for the next level. Jaime Frias joining us here on Soccer Matters ESPN 97.5, presented by the Daspit Law Firm. By the way, uh, information about Jaime and the program, uhcougars.com. That's where you go. There's all kinds of great columns here, news on the team. You can see the staff and everything that Jaime's uh, assembled uh, as well. All right. Uh, you know, I love purpose of play and style of play. And uh, I guess we're calling it game model these days, whatever we want to call it. What are you ultimately trying to build from from a playing style standpoint? Well, we want to mimic the modern game. And I think what the modern game dictates now is that you're versatile in the way that you play. You can play through, around, or over an opponent. Uh, it's It's a game where we're trying to develop good decision makers on the ball. But at the same time, it's a game where uh, the fans can come out and enjoy watching you play. We try to play through the thirds. um, And we try to do that because we want a lot of numbers in the attacking third. You can't do that if you don't use passes to glue you together. And so based on all of the experiences that I have, based on the modern game, based on how we want to develop our players, I think you're going to find a playing style that's very dynamic, a team that's intelligent, wants to play through the thirds of the field, but it's versatile as well. Like I said, you can play through, around, or over opponents based on how they're set up and based on where the spaces are. Look, you got a deep lens on uh, and a lot of institutional knowledge on the college game through all your experiences. Um, how much has it changed since you've been involved coaching the college women's game? It's changed a lot, Glenn, and I think a lot of that has to do with with youth soccer around the country. There. You know, youth coaches are really doing a great job of developing players, especially here in this country. And so what that's allowing you to do is to really expand your game model and to really um, uh, be more versatile in the things that you can do. It's just not solely, I think about 10, 15 years ago, uh, American, especially on the women's side, was known more for their athleticism and competitiveness. I think slowly but surely we're starting to catch up a little bit from a tactical and technical standpoint. And I think that all has to do with youth soccer and how these coaches are starting to develop the players here in this country. At the international level, has that been accelerated by the fact that, you know, the Netherlands, France, Brazil, they are now great soccer countries, as we know, but they're now investing in the women's game? That is, I think uh, what these other countries are doing is they're pushing us. I think before you can put up a group of players that's just superior athletes, superior competitors, and get a result out of that. As these other countries, like you said, Spain, France, Germany, uh, Netherlands, uh, England, uh, start investing more in women's football, uh, you're seeing the benefits of that. So it's challenging our status in the world game. And I think that we just have to work that much harder and smarter to keep up and to continue to uh, be a a point person or a reference in the women's game in women's football here. So yes, the gap is closing, but I think we have to work, like I said, at developing our players that much more here. I mean, Frias joining us. He is the head coach of the university of Houston women's soccer program, NCAA division one 
Look, you, you, you've won national titles on the staff of Steve Swanson at Virginia. You've won ACC titles. Um, what is it you took away from working with someone like Steve Swanson? And of course you worked with him, uh, on the under 20 U S national team as well. Right. With, with what you learn about Steve is first and foremost, is as you know, he's coached at every single level and how he treats people is, is first class. I think you, as, as far as, a a manager of people, uh, that's your biggest takeaway. He inspires his staff. Uh, he role models behavior and he treats everyone with the utmost respect. And so you walk away with that, having to, having learned that and how to, you know, you should do things at the highest level means treating everyone with respect. Uh, from a footballing perspective, I, I don't think there's, I've, I've met anyone better than Steve and that he's always thirsty to grow as a coach. Uh, you know, with technology playing a role in coaching now, he's done a really good job keeping up with uh, the modern game and the modern coach and not letting it pass him by. And so that's another thing that you walk away knowing that you always have to have this uh, thirst for knowledge and uh, thirst for how the youngsters now are learning and how you can continue to develop them. And so outside of, I think, just the X's and O's, those are the two biggest things you take away is he's always hungry to learn and he's has an unbelievable way with people data analysis some of these tools that now are becoming you know it's incumbent that you make it a part of your profile yeah. as a coach and you know staffs are being uh, built out at a lot of levels uh, obviously different professional in college but how important does data and analysis play in you know to the everyday decision making on game day that you would make i mean do you pick starters because of data and analysis? Um, you, you know, I mean, these are pretty relevant questions now because I've heard some coaches say that, you know, they rely heavily on data and analysis for picking a starting lineup or maybe a player over another. Yeah, you, you, you know, different coaches use analysis in different ways and data in different ways. Um, one of the ways that we use it the most is helping us develop our players is, what are their strengths? What are the areas of improvement? And how can not only data, but video help you reinforce that? Um, yes, you can see. and But ultimately, I think the uh, the decision of picking starters is, is down to the coach with the help of data, with the help of the support staff. But for us, the way we use it is in player development. Um, I think in the pros, you can also use it for recruitment, identifying players and recruiting talent. But here with us is is we look at it as a player development model here with our data and analysis, which we do all in house, by the way, based on our plot, uh, based on our style of play as well. Yeah, I see you have a video analyst person on your staff. I mean, is that person? Uh, I think it's Lath Akris. I'm seeing here on your website. But is is that person? You know, do you ask him, hey, I need you to cut some specific elements of the game, and he's got to go and do that. We do. We we ask them to clip uh, film for us, video, but we also ask them to analyze um, uh, the game and training based on certain key performance indicators. And so what we do is probably 90% of college soccer outsources their uh, analytics. What we do is through Lathe and, and, other, and other personnel that we have here, we make it very specific to us. So three things that I ask Lathe to do is Listen, analytics has to do three things. It has to help with player development, has to uh, help reinforce your style of play, and it has to help with goal setting. 
And if it doesn't check those three boxes, then we don't really want to look at the data. And so it's very specific to our needs and to our style of play and to how we want to develop our players. University of Houston women's head soccer coach. She is Jaime Frias. Again, I remind you, uh, look, if you're an aspiring youth player and you want to play at the Division One level, and those are your uh, possibilities, uhcougars.com. That is where you can learn about the University of Houston soccer program. All right. So, look, I, I love this story because I'm very prideful about the Houston soccer community. I came here in 84 to play on a pro team, um, got into player development, got into television and radio. I owe the city and a lot of people for opportunity uh, more than I can ever express. So I love your story coming back here because we have so many of these stories that we, we do not tell in this town. Now, how do you position this with 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 your deep affection and connection to the Houston soccer community, as we spoke about earlier in this interview? How do you position U of H now? How important is it for you to get a percentage of your players on the roster to be native Houstonians, maybe? I mean, you know, how do you kind of tap into that difference that you have of being a former player growing up in this city? I think it's, first of all, is, uh, you know, when you're a Houstonian, you have a lot of pride in the city. You know, you, you love the city for, um, for all that it is. Um, it's a big city. It's a growing city. I think now, if I'm correct, it's just the most diverse city in the country. And I just surpassed New York. So that's wonderful. You have all different people from all over the world here that, that love football and that love soccer and that, and see football in, a, in their own unique way. So what we want to do is, yes, we want to tap into uh, the Houston community and get the best players to stay here and play for us because Houston players have, like I said, have a lot of pride um, in, in not only in football, but in, in, in the city and what they do. So if we can have a, a player from Houston wear the University of Houston jersey, I think they're going to play with that much more pride. Um, and I think it's also going to get a lot more fans, Glenn, um, in the stands, uh, get behind our players, get behind players that they've had a hand in developing. Um, so, yes, we're we're making a huge effort to recruit the best talent from Houston to keep them here. Um, and that resonates with me deeply because I grew up here and I played here. I mean, how important, um, you know, what is the timeline for the build out? Because, Look, you inherit players that were recruited by previous coaches. This can always be tricky, right? I mean, it's it's no different than a professional soccer player being on a team. A coach gets fired and a new one comes in. You have to sort of reestablish yourself. Did you notice your players last year really, you know, taking that to heart, reestablishing themselves to you as the new personality and the new head coach? Yes, as you know, it takes a little bit of time. I think with time, players embrace change. And uh, I think the, these players in particular um, did a really good job of that. Um, in the fall, in the spring, they they tried their best. You know, they, there's been a lot of change here within our soccer program. There was change within our strength and conditioning staff. There was change within our athletic trainer, change within their coach, change with our academic advice. There's a lot of change that people don't know about. And any other team would have bagged it. Any other team would have given up and said, you know what, we're going to chuck it. We're going to wait till next year. But the resiliency of this group was unbelievable in accepting all that change, embracing all that change and moving forward with it. So I commend all the players and all, all the support staff that was here and supporting us, supporting me, supporting our staff in our vision and our mission of this, of this thing. 
Jaime Frias joining us, U of H, uh, women's head coach, uhcougars.com. You're in an NWSL city, which not every college program is. This is a good thing. How do you uh, realize some potential in connection with the NWSL team and maybe their staff? I'm sure you know Sam Lady and everybody involved over at the, the Houston Dash of the NWSL. I think it's it's a great thing. One, it's a reference point for us. So what we want to do is we we always want to have a reference point within the city, and they're it. They're the pros. They're the pro game. And so my hope is to connect with Sam and to notify him of potential prospects. And so he can identify them, he can scout them, and potentially um, even invite them for uh, training opportunities in the summer. And so that's the relationship that we want to have for them. And for us, what we want out of them is, is for them to inspire us. We have a group of women here that we're going to have out, that we're going to um, get to see the pros play in that environment, hopefully watch them train as well. And so they have a reference. If you want to play at that level here, here are the demands of, of that environment, which is great for us. And like you said, not every college program has that right in their backyard. Yeah. I mean, are you able to say to recruits, look, you're in an NWSL city. If you're, if your desire is to one day be a pro club, they're going to have an eye on you here in Houston, Texas. Certainly. And I think that's what the, one of the many advantages that our program has in this city provides for us is that, like you said, that point of contact and that reference. Um, so it's huge. Yeah. Huge for, for us in recruiting for sure. All right. Last year you had a couple of big wins, South Florida, two to one, uh, Obviously, I think the the Rice victory has got to be a big one from a local perspective, and I'm sure there was a good rivalry element to that. Do you feel like that's a rivalry that you guys can grow into something even bigger with local competition? Yes, I think that's something that you always you always want to have um, as a university. You want to have it, especially if it's an in-town rival. Um, I think it's a healthy rivalry. I have a lot of respect for Brian and what he's done at Rice. A lot of respect for the coach at Houston Christian University as well. So when you play another Houston University, another Houston team, you want to make sure that you put your best foot forward uh, because they are so close in proximity. Um, they do a, a really good job, both the universities. And I think as we continue to play against each other and the rivalry continues to enhance, I think uh, it's motivation enough just to play your in-state in -state rival, in-city rival. Jaime, you were also a head coach at the University of Nevada, also at Stephen F. Austin University. Um, I remember when Wally Crittenden was the coach up there. I'm sure you worked with Wally. Um, tell us how important it was for you to get those tastes of being a head coach at college programs at the time you did. Yeah, I think those are wonderful experiences, Glenn, because you don't, you know, you're just starting out as a young coach. And so what those programs did is gave me in particular, an opportunity to make mistakes uh, without being in the spotlight. Uh, you got some things you're building, you're building your your game model, you're building in the way that you manage teams, that you, you're building the way that you manage your support staff uh, and not in the spotlight. And I think that was a really healthy way of doing that. Uh, you're going to learn a lot from mistakes, which I made a lot. I probably made more mistakes than things that I got right, but um, that's what you're supposed to do as a young coach. And that allowed me um, to be better prepared for my next job, which was the University of Nevada, which was a job that was a little bit more in the spotlight. Not still, still not in a Power Five conference, but there was a little bit more pressure there, which I felt that the experience that Stephen F. Austin prepared me for. 
And again, you're learning your way. You're learning how to manage uh, a little bit of that pressure at a at a slightly bigger stage, and uh, and and learning um, a new way of working, uh, learning a way to enhance your own coaching uh, philosophy, your coaching style, uh, which prepared me then for the job at Virginia and the national team. And so I felt like that progression was a healthy one. I wasn't in a rush to uh, make my way way up the ladder quickly. What I wanted to do is once I got that opportunity, we wanted to make sure that I was fully prepared for that. You know, I'm always um, impressed by people that in coaching careers, or, or let's even say playing careers, that make the right choices at the right time. And, and maybe you're turning down, you know, a bigger opportunity. I'll just give you an example. And this may not be fair, but you know, Barcelona and Xavi Barcelona was after Xavi for quite some time, but he kept saying he wasn't ready. He wanted to gain more experience. It seems like you've been very calculated with the choices that you've made in your coaching career. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. And I think I always wanted, I always knew this was, this is what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do anything else. So I wanted to give the players under me uh, the best version of myself. And I wanted to make sure that I was prepared for that opportunity. So yes, I think you're right in that there were other opportunities out there that I, you know, you have to put your ego aside. Am I really prepared for this? And if the answer is no, then you have to hone in your skills. You have to hone in your skills. And if you're good enough, that opportunity to come along further down the line. And so my always my motivation was making sure that I was prepared for the environment that I was going to go into. And a big part of that is, am I good enough? Am I prepared to coach the players here in front of me? And the more time you take, what I found is the better you are for it. All right. He's Jaime Frias, University of Houston women's soccer coach. Last one before I let you go, Jaime. Year two's coming up. You went six, seven and three last year, basically inherited the program getting involved in the program. Now you have a little bit more time to have made more of an impact, maybe some recruiting impact among other things, staff, but what's the object for year two and, and kind of from the mind of the head coach, you know, for, for me, maybe, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but we're really honed in on the processes here and we don't focus too much. Uh, we want to win X amount of games or we want to, you know, win X amount of change. No, for us is, are we getting better every day? And I'm telling you, Glenn, I have a group of players here, a group of women here that want to get better every day. We were better today than we were yesterday. And uh, that's what you want as a coach. The results will take care of themselves. And we're in a place right now, you know, you have this, you have this tiered system. You have to learn how to train first. Then you learn how to compete. Then you learn how to win. And so what we're doing with our group is I think we're really learning how to train, what it means to really train at an elite level. And so when we get that done is then you can compete at an elite level. But we're going through a process, and I think it's a good process. Uh, we have seven mid-year transfers that came in that have integrated into the group wonderfully. And the players that were already here uh, brought them into the group. Um, and so um, it's a group, good group of players that we have here in the spring and a good group of first years that we have coming in, in the fall. And so for us is that we're really excited about what the future holds here for our university and the University of Houston women's soccer program. Women's game continues to elevate, accelerate. Listen, Jaime, thank you so much for coming on. This is a great Houston story. We wish you the best of luck in the upcoming season and obviously the spring season as well, which you do a lot of teaching and coaching. Um, thank you very much for coming on. And when the fall season starts, let's make sure we get some updates with you. Yes. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you for 
for having me here and for all you listeners. Um, we'd appreciate all your support, not only in the spring, the schedule's coming out soon, but also in the fall. Okay. He's Jaime Frias, University of Houston women's head coach, uhcougars.com. That does it tonight for Soccer Matters here on ESPN 97.5. Podcast of this show at ESPN 975.com. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Davis Sock, at Soccer Matters GD. And again, as always, a huge shout out to our presenting sponsors, John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. It's DaspitLaw.com, 713-322-HURT. They are bilingual. DaspitLaw.com. For producer Andrew Carlson and the great man Guillermo Lazo Romero, we thank you for tuning in tonight. And remember, soccer matters. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.